When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. How are you in the lineup of um, I haven't, I haven't really talked to him yet, but I'm gonna get around to doing that. You know, apologize to him. You know, I apologize to, you know, Coach Zim and Rick, um, about what I said. You know, I take full ownership in that. You know, um, you know, but I got still, I still gotta talk to Kurt and you know, apologize to him about that. Um, yeah. So. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk to you know Kurt and apologize to him, and we're gonna have a man-to-man conversation, and we're gonna leave it like that. I love Ever. I love first of all, I, yes, I love Everson too. <laughs> did he call Kirk Kurt there? Yeah, both did he times. call him oh, Kurt? Did he, he call him Kurt? If you play oh, it back, no. he calls him Kurt twice. I think <laughs> we don't have to play it. Okay, back. I can't Yeah, I'm pretty. I I went back. <laughs> th- that was observed post press conference by some of my brethren in the media. So I went back and listened to it when I was. Uh, yeah, he did. But he but he well, did when he tweeted when he tweeted Kirk is ass. He said he called him Kirk. Yeah, so it might it just, just came be, off as Kurt. It, he yeah, might have been a little. I wouldn't little put too much stock into it. Yeah, he's uh, facing the media for the first time, answering those questions. The fastballs by Judd. The fastballs. He, fastballs. I, I'm excited that he's back, and I think he's, uh, I think he's a good guy to have on this team. If nothing else, it'll provide some entertainment value, which is what we hope to provide you: daily Minnesota sports entertainment. We just want championships here. That's all we want. Uh, we just want, we want some titles. 1991 Twins. Nice job. Awesome. Links. Love you. But uh, we're just trying to push our teams in that championship direction um and part of that process every tuesday is who gets it who doesn't let's go around the room judd zolgad lead us off all right i'm going to go with a positive vikings yes that's right it's me judd a positive on the vikings who gets it it's the first time you've ever said something positive about the vikings yeah, ever wow. in my entire vikings career. twitter yep Yep, born in 1969. This is a landmark moment right now, everybody. A landmark moment. Born in 1969, and for the first time ever, I will now unveil a who gets it that involves the Minnesota Vikings LLC, and it's this. In, in terms of great radio moments in history, like this is going to go down with, you know, the Hindenburg? tear down those walls, the, the Hindenburg oh broadcast. Oh, yeah. my God, the humanity. <laughs> oh, my God, The only thing positivity. we have to fear is fear itself. I consider myself, myself, the luckiest man, 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 on the face of the earth, 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 and then whatever Judd's about to say. All right, and I'm about to say this. The Vikings get it because while Justin Jefferson returned to practice yesterday for the first time, which was great to see uh, from his shoulder injury, they had him in a red jersey, meaning nobody touch him. He will be catching passes. There was one very close call. So Kirk, actually, it was a nice pass. Kirk uh, fit the ball into the middle of the field for Jefferson. And now it's supposed to be non-contact, but like the defender was coming right at him and the ball was coming to Je- to Jefferson and he's on what would, I guess, be considered sort of a crossing route. And so like collision is in the air. And Jefferson, of course, is not going to not catch the football. So he did. And they missed each other. But I just like the fact that the Vikings were like, okay, he's back. That's cool. He could practice. And if anybody touches him, you're fired. The Vikings uh, get it. Protect him at all costs. You can't lose this kid. So you and I uh, are in lockstep here because my first who gets it was whoever decided to put the red jersey on Justin Jefferson yesterday. This is, Mike so Zimmer. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even going to. Okay, so Mike Zimmer, Zim. you get it. There's a lot of things to criticize Mike Zimmer for over the years, but I think Mike Zimmer speaks for all of us, which is. Just put an end 
to all of the nonsense this preseason. No one needs to get hurt. There's already been enough crap. They've, like they're already. I mean, think about this, and we don't have to get into a vaccination discussion. But like, they took time out of their practice day yesterday or meeting day to have an epidemiologist come in and meet with the players. Like this off season has lacked focus. It certainly lacked touchdowns offensively, and I get that it's preseason and you have to take it with a huge block of salt. But Mike Zimmer and whoever else advised him coming in and saying, guys, we got about three weeks left until the week one opener. Let's just, we're not going to lose Justin Jefferson to a freaking ACL or some stupid, you know, he somehow like gets tangled up with a cornerback. Rashad Breeland gets a little close. Just put an end to all of it. Bubble wrap any important player between now and that Bengals game because there's just a bad juju with the Vikings in this preseason. So just like if you guys have to sit on the sidelines in bubble wrap and just go to meetings, virtual meetings, like whatever it takes, the Vikings understood that yesterday by putting him in a red jersey. So totally on board with this. Yes, exactly right. Don't touch him. Like you can – Dalvin Cook, don't touch him, right? Justin Jefferson, don't touch him. I can go through a list of pr- probably five guys. It was suggested yesterday that the really – funny thing would have been if they had had Kirk remove his red no-contact jersey, give it to Jefferson, and, and then tell Kirk, just put on a normal jersey. That's fine. <laughs> just, uh, just put on just, a normal uh, one. Hey, Daniel, in there and, uh, hey yeah. Daniel, you want to rush Kirk? Go right ahead. Let's see what happens. All right, so I'll give you, I'll give you a bonus <laughs> one here, because I know, I know Declan's got a Vikings one, too. Um, who gets it? Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer for bringing Everson Griffin back. And I and I know that he he should, he he's going to have to mend things with Kirk a little bit here. Like I know there's there's a, a million people yesterday just on Vikings Twitter and Instagram. These are all adults here. You guys think they're really going <laughs> to throw down? One. No one thinks they're going to throw down. I'm just saying like you got you got a, a, Everson Griffin's been a team leader here for 10 years, all right? For better or worse, he's been a team leader. And he openly called the quarterback ass and said Mike Zimmer never wanted him. Okay, yes. like he opened up a huge can of potential worms behind the scenes. Do I think they're both going to be professional? First of all, Kirk doesn't get caught up in any of this stuff. He's just like Teflon. Like he doesn't. He never dirties the water. He always puts that big smile on. Like Ugh. I'm not worried that like Kirk's going to just be Teflon. And I think Everson knows. Everson probably had to spend much of the last 72 hours. There's a reason why they didn't just sign him right away on Thursday last week, right? They wanted to see another preseason game, and they probably wanted to do an evaluation on where he's at mentally and everything. So Everson probably had to spend some of the last 72 hours begging the Vikings, listen, man, I'm not going to upset things in the locker room. Like, I'm not going to go rogue and uh, be missing an hour and a half before a game here. So I think it's going to work out fine. I think he's going to come in here. I know that Zimmer has said he's going to be just kind of a part-time role player. I think he's going to wind up getting the lion's share of the snaps at right defensive end. He knows the system, and he still has gas left in the tank. And so, um, bravo to all parties involved getting Everson Griffin back in a Vikings uniform. I love how fans think that the uh, that they're going to like start fights and stuff. That's not no, the no, point. no. They think they think that you and I and Declan think right. that they're going to fight. Right, right. But that's what they're implying. Okay, sorry, they think that Judd and Phil. <laughs> but have they? But pro sports no, I'm part of it. are not office politics like it's not like these guys are in cubicles and it's like they'll be very rational pro sports are built around like emotion and things and and so the point with with the potential friction in the locker room is guys actually taking sides and it's guys being and it's kirk being offended which kirk privately probably is but he won't he won't allude to this publicly but that those are the dynamics that begin when a guy comes back in a locker room when he's insulted a guy who is uh, seen as being key to the team. So it's not like we think, oh, they're going to throw down. They're not going to throw down. But is it going to create friction and possibly a schism? It certainly has the potential to. Now, here's the interesting thing, though, because I've I've been thinking about this the last couple days. The interesting thing about this signing, too, though, and it's probably dead on, I think Griffin is genuinely liked. Like, I think his teammates like him. Um, He's a character. He's he's odd, but he's a character. Um, the Vikings decided, and rightfully so, that Kirk probably has so little pull in that room himself that he might be offended, but there's not going to be like this huge offensive clamoring of how could you do this to us or to Kirk. So like Griffin, I, I think the good that Griffin brings as far as being a character and a leader and a well-liked guy 
far outweighs the actual concerns about is this going, are there going to be 20 guys who are pissed off because of what yeah. they perceive that we've done to Kirk? I think that's where the decision probably became much clearer and easier. Yeah, Kirk is Kirk is more of a cog in the machine than most franchise quarterbacks that make that much money, right? Like Tom Brady is the driver of he's the leadership driver. He is constantly in communication off the field with offensive linemen. Like he's giving the speeches before the Super Bowl, all those things. Russell Wilson is the heart and soul and leadership and mouth and voice and um, and Kirk is more of a cog in the machine. So I think it makes it a little easier to bring a guy in. You can just sort of, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I mean, I meant it, but I, I I didn't mean to upset the apple cart. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be good to have Ole Everson back in the mix. All right, Declan, who gets it, who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, I, I love that Everson Griffin's back. He's an awesome player. Uh, but I'll tell you who doesn't get it, and it's the Vikings' recent ineptitude at developing starting caliber defensive players. Go back the last three drafts. Maybe, maybe Cameron Dantzler is going to be the best player from the last three drafts that's contributing right away to this draft class, to this current Vikings team. Eric Kendrick's been great. Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, you can make a case. Those could be eventually all Vikings ring of honor type players. They're damn good players. Anthony Barr's back, but he's also now battling an injury again. If you go down the list, it's hard to find multiple defensive players who are contributing to this team over the last three draft class. And I know Jeff Gladney had a legal incident, and I know that's that muddies the water a little bit too, but when you have to bring in Pat P., Everson Griffin, Sheldon Richardson, get the band back together per se, that does say something. And yes, I know I've been harder on this defense. I just don't, I don't know I can plug in seven guys and just assume that they can be a top 10 unit. I think they're obviously improved from the dumpster fire they were last year. But for a regime and for a head coach who's known about developing defensive players, there is in there is a humongous gap over the last three years when you go back to the 2018 draft class, which starts with Mike Hughes, another player they traded away, that there is a huge hole on this team at when it comes to developing their own defensive starting players. Yeah, I got the list here. Just We'll take away 2021, go 2018 through 20. The defensive players, Jeff Gladney, Cam Dantzler. I think, so DJ Wanham was a fourth-round pick in 20. I think Wanham has probably the sure. best chance of anyone because I think he's going to get more snaps than Dantzler. Um, Dantzler's going to be a backup. And right now, Judd said yesterday, he's behind Chris Boyd on the depth chart. Oh, he most definitely is, yeah. They're down on him. So, um, but I think DJ Wanham has a chance still. But, man, 2019, they drafted actually four offensive players in the first four rounds. And then it was Cameron Smith at linebacker, Armin Watts, Armin Watts Marcus Epps. Chance of sorts still, but, yeah, he's a definitely a depth guy. Jalen Holmes might get some run. Ooh, got in a good fight yesterday. Did he? Yeah, he and Bradbury threw down. Nice. It was, uh, it was spirited, too. It, that, that one was not a tussle. That was real. Okay, who got pushed backwards? Be honest. You know, I didn't see it. I just saw the fight. Uh I'm okay. g- I'm gonna take a wild wild guess here and say Bradbury got pushed backwards. Probably got forklifted. He get forklifted back into Kirk there. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, Declan, that's a very that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I wonder if that falls more on the coach or GM combination yeah, of both. Know. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, Judd Zolget, who gets it? Who doesn't? All right, who gets it? I'm going to go to uh, Chicago, and I am going to go w- with a yeah. guy who. Matt Nagy actually announced this morning, we'll start the final Bears preseason game, Justin Fields. And here's why Justin Fields, at the tender age of 22, gets it. And so, yes, we like to see quarterbacks who get on the field and thrive. I mean, you you need to have the arm talent. Uh, the mobility helps. Those things are all the starting point. But here's where I'm going to shout out Justin Fields and say this is what you also look for. In his press conference, I believe it was yesterday, Justin Fields called out Bears fans for chanting his name and for basically being anti-Andy Dalton and saying, look, he's the quarterback right now. Support him. I'm there. This is all great. I appreciate you. But the reality is I'm not starting. He is. And you want our team to win. And if you want our team to win, as long as Andy Dalton's starting, he is the most important QB who's playing. I love that. The guy's 22. It would be very it, – it's not that he, he would get up there and applaud what the Bears fans did, but a lot of guys would just say nothing. He actually called out a pretty tough crowd that loves him by saying, hey, 
I'll start eventually. Support this guy now. Those are the intangibles in leaders that I think you have to look for. Yeah, he was like, it's kind of amazing. Like he was, he was at recess standing up for the kid that gets bullied, yeah. but he's younger by yeah. multiple grades, right? Yes. And Andy Dalton has been terrible. I saw a graphic put up after the Bears' second preseason game of all of the Andy Dalton-led drives, and it's like he's led like I'm trying to think because he's played I think quite a bit. I want to say that he's led like nine drives or something in the preseason. And uh, like six of them are three and outs. One was an interception. It's awful. Another one was a fumble or something. Yeah, he's just running for his life on every single yes. throw. It's uh, it's terrible to watch. Like it. So, but it's hopeless as far as I can tell, at least right now. Yeah. And when do the Vikings play the Bears first? It's late, right? I think it's late. They play yeah, the I think Bears they play them yes. twice later yes. in the season. Yes. So they're almost certainly going to face Fields by the time. But I love what Fields did. Like, rolls. good for you, kid. That's that to me. Is is what galvanizes a locker room, and guys are, are like, okay, you've got that important off the field it as well, where you know where you know how to be a quarterback, which involves much more than throwing the football or calling the plays. I thought you were aren't gonna, those the yeah. things that people ripped him for? Like he I, doesn't care about football. He doesn't. He's the first guy to leave and stuff. And like, yeah, well, all that's the, the pre-draft knocks. Somebody start. Yes, uh, you're correct. The question became, did somebody start that on purpose from a team? That's right. You know, hey, Justin Fields doesn't work hard. And then, and then he's going to drop to us. <laughs> so Maybe it was Rick. Maybe it was. I mean, who, who, would have, <laughs> Rick, who would have a reason to try and get Fields to fall to <laughs> the teens? Yeah, and then he <laughs> tried to trade up for him and lowball teams, and the Chicago Bears <laughs> beat him to it. Hey, hey, Lions, we'll give you a seventh-round pick for a, a swap here. What? Who is this? Hey, Lions. Brian Goodenkist. <laughs> Brian Goodenkist. Is that what he sounds like to you? Brian Goodenkist? Uh. All right, who gets it? <laughs> Actually, you know, before I get to this one, I kind of think the Twins are in uh, tea time mode at this point in the season. I know they're going to Boston, but um, probably booking tea times. The, the end of the season is on the horizon, and after that Yankee series, I got to think heads are on golf courses. Well, PXG is here to help with that, all right? They're not going to book a tee time for you, but PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise, Uh and they've got all kinds of great clubs for different levels of play. The top, top shelf clubs, if you're you're like Declan and you're looking to break 100, these probably aren't for you. If you're like me looking to break 90, probably not for you. Uh, But if you're a decent golfer looking for an upgrade, the Gen 4 clubs have landed. Drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons, these are PXG's flagship clubs. Check them out, PXG Minneapolis, Southdale Center. Find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, who gets it, who doesn't? Rocco Baldelli (laughs) doesn't get it. And I believe we talked about him yesterday for a while in statements about something else. Uh, Roycey in Rap with Roycey today alluded to the outing that Rocco Baldelli is talking about here. I'm going to read you a quote after the Twins got smoked 10-2 to by the Yankees a few days ago. And Charlie Barnes went five innings and gave up seven runs. He walked five in five innings and gave up eight hits. So he put – he also hit two guys. So he put 15 guys on base in five innings and gave up seven runs. 109 pitches. Like one of the most unwatchable, terrible, longest death march starts you're ever going to watch. And that says something because the Twins have had quite a few of those against the Yankees historically. Yeah. And that was uh, that was a loss that brought the Twins' record to, I believe, 36-107 and 107 against the Yankees over the last 20 seasons. And Rocco Baldelli said, quote, Charlie was able to keep pitching, keep competing, and you know, I patted him on the back for that. He's a competitive young man. When he's out there, he just wants to do anything he can to help the team win. You know, the bat boy wants to help the team win, too. Here's a new bat, Miguel. Yeah, here's Pintar. Like, I mean, I just don't understand. I get that he feels bad because Charlie Barnes is just getting smoked by the Yankees and, like, the season's off the rails. But it feels like Rocco only has one gear. Like, the team is getting smoked, and he's still in that one gear, which is, hey, we're all just out here trying our best, and maybe tomorrow the ball will bounce the right way, right? And I'm not asking him to come out and just savage Charlie Barnes. Like, that's not what I'm asking for. But I don't know that we need to be, like, talking about patting a guy on the back for trying really hard 
in a 10-2 loss to the Yankees that drops you 70 games under 500 against them over the last 20 years. All right? Just, I don't know. He sounds, me the wrong way. He sounds like he is talking about Charlie Brown, not Charlie Barnes. <laughs> oh, good good old Charlie Brown. He tries hard. He tries, yeah. Rocco, wah, 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 wah. No, that, that's Wes Johnson. Comes out to the mound incessantly. Wah, 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 wah. Um, but you know what? That quote dovetails perfectly with, with the quote that I read yesterday where it's always like this. Well, we tried hard. I mean, guys are out there given the – it's not good enough. You, you won back-to-back so back division titles, dude. It's not good enough. Like, nobody's here to be like, well, we competed. Charlie Barnes is – and look, the other thing that drives me crazy is that you actively have guys now around baseball who you jettisoned who are doing a really good job for their teams – and some of those teams are really good, and you and you've still got Jay Cave. Like that's the thing where I, I just I have no patience for this whole. Well, they're trying hard, and we are just gonna we're gonna keep on keeping on. And it, Lamont Way Junior. is it turned into a great, a really good player in San Francisco. You didn't even have room on a forty man for Akil Badu. Uh, some of these pitchers who you jettisoned are doing fine, and you've got Jay Cave and Charlie Barnes. What are you doing? Don't forget about Rob Ref Snyder, by the way, who uh, I do his carriage turned into a bit of a pumpkin. I do feel I do feel like this. I'll, I'll take a bit of responsibility from our end here. I do feel like the nature of this town and media, in particular, towards teams, gives this a complete free pass. Like Royce will get on you, but for the most part, like some Dude, of this, this, some of this, this should season, be called out. But I mean, some of this should be called. I'm not saying you call for heads. But you certainly, they certainly should be getting heat and being ripped constantly. And when Rocco pulls these stunts of, well, we're trying hard, you think that crap would fly on the East Coast? You know, I, um, so yesterday Declan grabbed a clip from Weekend Statements where I said, I don't want to hear another positive word about the Twins until they're able to confront the Yankees without urine running down and their legs. Then you're going to read something. <laughs> you found something. Um, and... One of the and this is just a small you know this is on Twitter. One of the first responses out of the gate was from a Twins fan, and I'm trying to find it here, but I'll paraphrase. Surprise! Oh, here it is. Surprise! Surprise! You guys are bashing a Minnesota sports team again. So it's almost like when a team when this is one of the most dis and again this is just I'm just I'm cherry picking one person's. I think a lot of people are just fed up with this team, and I get that, but it does kind of feel like. Oh, why are you bashing them so much? Like, quit beating a dead horse. It's like, you guys, first of all, we haven't, we've barely talked twins at all in the last two months. Like, once the trade deadline hit, we, so it's been a month basically since we've talked a lot of twins on this show. But this team hasn't won a playoff game in 18 years. This team was projected by not only media, but also Vegas to win like 90 games and win the division potentially and make some noise. And they're sitting here, going to finish with 90-plus losses. Like, this is one of the most colossally disappointing seasons in franchise history. There is no other way to talk about this team other than total disaster, failure on every level. They whiffed on every free agent signing in the offseason. And they've also whiffed on a bunch of young player evaluations. Like, those are all facts. And so, I don't know. Do people want positive spin on this season? I don't know. I don't know why you would. Like, I'm one of the biggest Twins homers ever in the last 10 years. Yep. Always looking for the positive spin. And I'm sick of this. Yep. I'm sick of this. I don't want to hear about how well they're playing. Oh, look, look at they, they had a nice hot run there in uh, the second week in August. Okay, wait till they play the Yankees. And then, like, when I read articles about how, well, Rob Refsnyder has changed his swing and look at him now. No, he's 30, dude. He's a career minor leaguer. He hasn't changed anything. He hasn't done anything. Yes. He's Rob Refsnyder, and yes. that's fine. He can and, be Rob Refsnyder, but let's let's not pretend like they've you know they have found the natural here. And by the way, you've been fed this crap before. Like this is not the first time. It's not like the Twins. Oh, they've been successful for the last fifteen years. It's been great. You've been you've been fed these same storylines. How many guys have changed, altered their swing, altered their mechanics, and it's going to be? And then guess what happens? Somebody sees a little bit bit of film of the altered mechanics, and they go back to being. Who they are, um, dude? So, when you're thirty, when you're thirty, and you've done nothing in the big leagues until age thirty, you don't just tweak your swing and become Babe Ruth. Like that's not how that works. <laughs> I mean, you might become Gary, but not Babe Ruth. Uh, okay. So, so the the one thing I think 
happens here. And this is where a lot of the media, starting probably with Bally Sports North, does this town and its fan base a disservice. Um, I don't blame fans, and I feel the same way, for wanting to be positive about the future, possibly. Like, you would like to think, oh, the Twins are going to rebound. Now, I don't know that, that they are. They very well might not. But you would like to think, well, 2022 is going to be different, right? Um, but the way that it's different is actually by being, I don't even want to say negative, being realistic right now. Like, if you are just like, oh, it's going to be fine that gives the team a complete free pass to be like these dunderheads. And so, so like, if Bally's actually presented, here are the problems. Here are the problems, and here's the fixes. Like, that's a far more constructive way for the team to be like, oh, people are noticing that we're, there is zero pressure on the Twins. Think about this. This team has fallen apart. They've completely collapsed. And and I feel like there's there's angry fans who don't say much. There are fans who are like, score north, being too negative, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the slew of people, and I don't blame them for this, who just checked out. But, like, where's the pressure from? Mm-hmm. There has to be some pressure. And it can't just be like, well, I'm not going to the ball games, And so, in actual... Because real- people still go to the ball games. It's a fun place to drink beer. And that's awesome. <laughs> so, that's awesome. But, in, yeah. but, you know, in sports towns, in hardcore sports towns, you do get pushback. And they des- this colossal disaster deserves pushback because nobody should have to accept the fact that this is now going to be the reality of the Minnesota Twins for four years. It shouldn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, Declan, you wrap us up here. Who- for sure. Gets it. Who doesn't? Uh, speaking of uh, uh, one thing that does get it at Target Field, last night an actual concert and something that was worth cheering for happened uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy performed at Target Field yesterday. Nice. Now, Heard it was a blast. It was. I, I, I'm 28. I loved Fall Out Boy, okay? My angsty teenage Declan, I wore. I probably wore the same clothes I did when I was 13 than I did yesterday when I was 28, i.e. all black and a flannel shirt. Um, I all was still fits too. I, it all still fits me too. Yeah. I hate you. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing Fall Out Boy, and I like Weezer a lot too. But Green Day seriously put on probably the best show I have ever seen. Um, they were fan inclusion. They played. They obviously have a lot of hits. Um, and they had the whole place rocking for. I mean, they're on stage for almost two hours yesterday. Uh, I didn't get out of there till almost midnight. It was an insane show. Obviously, hadn't been to a concert in, in a year and a half in, since the pandemic either, but it was the best show I think I've ever seen, and it was fi- finally something was worth cheering for at Target Field for basically the first time since, what, like opening day when they played Seattle and everything was hunky-dory, uh, and ever since then, it's been a little a little vaccine shot time. Dude, yeah. Target Field puts on great concerts. Yes. I will yeah. say that. I've probably been to like six concerts at Target Field, Yes, and all of them have just been, at worst, it's like, that was pretty good. And at best, it's like a religious experience. McCartney was great you know? there when I saw that one. That was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Billy Joel, I want to yeah. say. Oh, yeah. About nice. three years ago. Actually, uh, Journey and Def Leppard played there like two or three years ago. Yeah, I missed yeah, that That was one. amazing. I and know all the country concerts. Yeah, they had a bunch of big country mark. Zach, Zach Brown and Kenny Chesney and I think FGL have played there too. But, but Green Day that's, last night that's was awesome. insane. It was so much fun. I love so how you're on fun. you're on a, an abbreviation basis with Florida Georgia. Oh yeah, FGL. There. Did you just yeah. refer to them as FGL? FGL. FGL. Yeah, the Backstreet Boys <laughs> of country music. Yeah, FGL. Wow. Yeah. BSB. They are. The BSB. 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 Backstreet Boys. They are though. <laughs> the Backstreet. Boys. They are they're the Backstreet Boys of country <laughs> okay. music. They totally are. They totally are. <laughs> so all right, that's who gets it, who doesn't here, Mackie and Judd. Um, let's dive into. I know Judd's been observing things at training camp. We've got all kinds of daily deep Vikings dives on Purple Daily every single day. And, by the way, we should mention this, too. Um, If you guys – I want to pull up this email so I get this right, but um, we're offering listeners a chance, again, for better or for worse, to hang out with you guys at a Gopher football suite Mm -hmm. coming up here. You can go to – and it sounds like uh, we're also giving away – it's powered by Chill Boys, and so you can hang out with Judd and Declan September 11th while the Gophers play in Miami of Ohio. Um, and if you want a chance to uh, hang out with you guys, maybe pour a couple adult beverages. Oh, yeah. You can enter to win on the Score North app. And um, there's a bunch. It's, it's, it's in a suite. There's food, beverage. Judd and and it's an 11 a.m. kickoff powered yep. by Chill Boys. Judd and so. Declan. And it's, an, it's a great suite. 
It I, is. I can confirm. It's a blast. We've all yeah. been there. It's a good, it's a quality suite. It's yeah. not a corner suite. Judd will have his Surleys. Yeah. I'll have mm-hmm. my seltzers bright and oh, early at yeah. 11 a.m. Yep. Got to wake up early, man. Declan will so be So download groggy. the Score North app. You can <laughs> enter on the Score North app for your chance to hang out with Judd and Declan. All right. So uh, Rashad Hill was not signed to be a starting left tackle or um, drafted. Was he drafted? How the Vikings? No, they signed him. They sent him way back. Like, like 2016. Jaguars. Yeah. 20, oh, yeah. Long time. Or cl- claimed him off their practice squad. And he's, you know what he's been? A very reliable backup swing tackle. In fairness. Yes. Yep, if he needs to come in for like, in the middle of a game or something, like you need a guy like Rashad Hill. Uh, but the idea wasn't for Rashad Hill to be a starting left tackle. I know the Vikings are still trying to paint this as Christian Derrissaw is back from surgery at some point soon, and he could still be ready for week one. He's a rookie. He's barely done anything meaningful this offseason, and they have three weeks, less than three weeks lead up until week one against the Bengals. And so Rashad Hill is almost certainly starting week one. And I would guess probably most of the first month. Is that fair to say? I think, yeah, I think the first quarter of the season is, is fair. I saw Derrissaw. So he's back now and been back for a while since he had the second procedure done. And yesterday during practice, while his teammates were out there in the heat in uh, pads, Christian Derrissaw was in shorts on the weight room side, basically doing rehab work so like this is still a ways away so here's the question Rashad Hill was uh not graded very well in that second preseason game in fact there was one play just straight up eye test like he just got blown past and gave up a sack um the first four games of the year Judd did the homework on this sent it over to us week one against the Bengals Trey Hendrickson 13 and a half sacks for the Saints last year uh, Vikings tried to get him, but he signed with the Bengals. So that's the, that's the first opponent. Yes, week two against the Cardinals. Arizona plays a three four, but JJ Watt is likely going to be bouncing back and be a guy on a mission. They also still have Chandler Jones, who a couple years ago had nineteen sacks. So the Cardinals are going to be coming at you. The Seahawks in week three, Carlos Dunlap, week four. Miles Garrett and the Browns. Yeah, good luck with that one, too. Um, he's listed as a left end, but there's a chance that they could just move him around if they feel like Rashad Hill is the weaker link than Brian O'Neill. <laughs> and I can confirm which he is. that's the case, yes. So, you know, as you look at this, I guess, Judd, you've been at practice on a regular basis. How likely is it that Christian Derrissaw is going to come back and save the day? If he can't, what should the level of concern be that Kirk Cousins' blindside protector is a backup who has to go against these tough opponents in the first month of the season. Right now, this is among my biggest concerns because Kirk being Kirk, and this is not even a rip at Kirk. It's just you. we all know what Kirk can and can't do. Like, that's out there. That's And he's not a guy that's going to, going to ever sense blindside pressure. Uh, asking Rashad Hill to defend his blindside for a month against the list of guys that you just gave is a scary proposition. And I think this just overall assumption that Christian Derrissa, who has not practiced all of training camp, at some point in time is just going to step in and be absolutely fine, is also dangerous. Uh, Christian Derrissa might step in, but, you know, my whole thing about him starting opening day after he was drafted, right, Phil, was mini camp and then training camp and he's really going to have a lot of work and it's really going to benefit him and then it might not be perfect but he's going to be at least in a position to not get embarrassed well now you're going to have him practice for how long and throw him in so that's a concern uh all of this being put together i guess i've got a i guess i'm wondering why you wouldn't because again your expectations are big like this is not a oh i hope they can you know this, this is not a rocco season Boy, yeah, we tried hard. I mean, guys really are trying hard. This is yeah. a season in which you're expected to win. I guess my question is this. Why don't you why aren't you on on the horn to a guy like Russell Okun who could step in at least and I'm not even saying he'd be perfect, but he's played the position before and he he can come off the street and be better equipped to do what you need at left tackle than Rashad Hill can even with a complete training camp. Um, now, I think to do that, you might need to work out an extension with Harrison Smith just to get the cap to work and defer some of uh, what would be Smith's mm-hmm. money off the books for 2021. But I yeah. I think that, that O'Neill and Smith are probably in line for contract extensions here at some point soon. So I don't think that's asking a ton. But this one, to me, 
and it was sort of confirmed in the game on Saturday. This is a big, big worry because I think that Rashad Hill playing left tackle through no fault of Rashad Hills is a real problem. Well, let me ask you this. The Vikings drafted Ezra Cleveland in the second round as a left tackle, right, a couple years back. Yes. Is there any sort of consideration, or would you guys ever? It's it's late in the game here, and I know that these guys like they've been so set on Ezra Cleveland. You're moving to left guard, and and Ole Udo, your right guard, and they're getting these guys situated, inexperienced players at these new positions, right? But Ezra Cleveland has a ton of college experience as a left tackle. That's where they drafted him. Yep. Would it make sense to move Ezra Cleveland to left tackle and then, you know, maybe Wyatt Davis slots in at left or right guard and Ole Udo plays the other one? Wyatt Davis was good in that second preseason game. Would that be a better option? I have I don't think so because the Vikings, there's never been a practice I've seen since he was drafted where Cleveland has been entrusted at left tackle. They clearly saw something athletically that they liked about him, but if this kid if the, if he was a left tackle, um, and had the ability to play in the National Football League at that position, he would have practiced there or been there at times. He never has been. Now, I do think that there is an option, and to use your phrase, Phil, because you're right, it's late in the game. I don't love this one, but I think this is the the better one if you're going to try and do this internally. And I think it's what they should have done, and yes, it would cost them more, but I don't care. I would be far more tempted to shift Brian O'Neill, who has played left tackle before, and it, wow. it would take some work, but he's a good, wow. he's a known commodity of tackle. He's a starting caliber tackle. We know that. Wow. I would be tempted to. Dude, hold on, hold on. I feel like you've just crossed and you've just crossed a threshold. Well, first of all, I was asking, I was asking for this in March. Like I was suggesting when they, when they considered this, didn't they? I mean, in I hope they so. Talked about this. I hope so. Before but the draft, when Riley Reef was let go, I said move. Brian O'Neill, and my assumption was they didn't because he's going to get paid as a right tackle, which is different than being paid as a left tackle. See, but I don't care about decision that. Based on, they I should not. I, I'm, I'm not saying that they're doing this, but if because they have not given him a contract extension yet, so right, like he hasn't agreed to anything. Correct. That we've heard. So nope. If they're making a decision based on well, let's let's get him locked up as a right tackle before we move him to left tackle, so we don't have to pay as much. I don't think they're doing that. And no, that would be you ridiculous. don't have to. Do, you don't have. You don't have the ability to do that, given the expectations on your team. But and and now I get the the conundrum that they're in here. <clears throat> excuse me, is that they still hope that Christian Derisaw, starting in week three or week five, is just going to be their franchise left tackle, and that could still be the case. So long term, I don't think it makes sense to move Brian O'Neill to left tackle when you drafted Christian Derisaw as a left tackle. But we're also talking about a really important short-term stretch of games that could make or break your season right. in a season in which the coach's but, job is on the line, the quarterback's job is potentially on the line in terms of like still being a Viking at the start of next season. So, man, it's interesting. If you feel like Rashad Hill can't start at left tackle, that he's just better as a right tackle swing guy, then you shouldn't go into week one. Like You, sh- you, should, you should roll the dice with some other option, even if it means shuffling things around and putting Brian O'Neill over there. That's where I'm at with this. What I don't understand, though, and I'll go back to this, because to me it's the most important thing. Why is there this assumption that a guy in Darissa, who now since January has had two procedures slash surgeries done, why is there an assumption it's going to be fine like five games in? That That's what concerns me. Like if you really thought, okay, Christian Darissa is going to miss three, three games. It's not ideal, but he's going to miss three games, and then he's coming back, and he's ready. But like – Phil, he hasn't practiced. He's a rookie. There are questions now. Um, so this is why I am I am far more prepared, not shockingly, to hit the panic button and make a move that if Darisaw, I mean, what if he comes back and he's still hurt? Like they told, they clearly told Zimmer after the draft, he's fine. He's not fine still. Again, I'm going to go back to the Cleveland thing for a second because I, I, I know that they haven't used him at left tackle since he's been drafted, but why is Rashad Hill capable of being a swing tackle, an offensive lineman? Why is Dakota Dozier considered a guy that can kind of bounce back and forth, left, right side of guard? And Ezra Cleveland, by the way, can just play right and left guard, having no experience, little to no experience, but they don't trust him at left tackle. 
I have no idea. It's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, yes, and another thing, too, is, yes, it is I'm not going to give the Vikings development of offensive linemen and coaching the benefit of the doubt and here either. Like, they haven't exactly fair. gained people's trust in yes. developing these guys in the right way. Yes. It's just weird that they wouldn't be experimenting with Ezra Cleveland at left tackle as even a, a backup to the backup option. It is weird. He played in college. And as I recall, when they drafted him in the second round in 2020, they never mentioned a position change at that time, right? Like we all thought, he's a left tackle. And so, yeah, it's very bizarre. And I don't know if they got him here and they decided he's more of a guard than tackle. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But, I, but it's just I don't like the assumption that Derisaw is going to come back, step in, and be fine. I think that is you, – you already assumed that the January surgery was going to work and that he was going to be back for, for training camp and something uh, went wrong there. So, like, why are you just saying, oh, Rashad Hill started for three or four games or less and yeah. it's going to be fine? Now, maybe it is fine, but what if Derisaw comes back and gets hurt? What if he comes back and he's a rookie, hasn't practiced, just struggles? Like, is that a yeah, great all, option? No. All those things could happen. I, I I also think he's he's talented enough and, and a big – I feel he feels NFL-ready size-wise that I don't think he's going to need, like, two months of practice to just – if he's healthy, I don't think it's going to take him, like, two months to ramp up. Yeah, but I just don't I know. He, it's, it's football. You, you put. And him by in the way, I like the pick. I think I think long-term this was a solid pick, and he could be your your franchise guy on the cheap for about five years, so that's great. I'm just saying – there's not time, uh, in my opinion, to fool around for this year. Yeah, the first month, as you laid out at the beginning here with all those edge rushers, the first month of the season is critical because there are some gettable games here. Like the Bengals game, you, you probably have to get that Bengals game. Seattle's if here. you want to do some damage. Seattle's here. Yes, you, you can win play here. Seattle here. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Daily Vikings conversations on Purple Daily as well. Every Tuesday, Declan takes us behind the Minnesota sports history woodshed mm-hmm. for for random season recall random here. Season and recall. lately, I feel like we've done a pretty darn good job. We'll see what Declan has in store for us this week. He picks a random season and quizzes us. All right, fellas. We're going to go back. Uh, we're going to go over to the hockey rink here. We're going to go for a Judd Zolgad special. Well, I don't know if it's a special, Judd. You're going to have to dig deep. And Phil actually, I think, can help out here. Oh, good. <laughs> The 2010-2011 Minnesota Wild. Oh, I thought you were going old school North Stars. No, I thought about it. I thought about it. I was I was doing some post Green Day face melting research last night at like 12:30 in the morning. Yep. And then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do a Minnesota Wild season. We've only done one of them so far, so I figured. (laughs) You know why? Let's go back to the well. Because they're all so damn bland for so long. And perfect for random season recall. No, you're you're right. Because there's so many of these random wild seasons that are mixed in. This is another one of them. This is before Parisi Suter. Yeah. Yes, this is. So I don't know how much help I'm going to be here. All right, so this is very bland. Well, you can you can still help out here though. How many points did the 2010 2011 Minnesota Wild finish with? And I'll give you within five. I'll give you within okay. five points. Okay, so not up. enough to not enough to make the playoffs. Right, I was just going to say they missed the playoffs. They were boring. They were. Uh, I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is a Todd Richard season. Why don't you think for like 15 seconds while I tell the audience about Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. I might want to ride on out myself during this part of the segment. (laughs) Well, whatever you ride, Harleys, sport bikes, metric cruisers, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. It is still very much riding season. In fact, I feel like like fall, fall colors up and down the North Shore, like there's some good riding season left here. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Shipping is free for orders over $89. When the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. So they didn't make the playoffs. But there's a, ordinarily yep. it would take. And this was still the, this was the shootout era, right? Yes. So the, the so points so there, so there, there's a lot of points available here. So more po- It's probably more points than we would think out the top of our heads. Uh, but you know, like I'm thinking usually. The cutoff for playoffs is usually high 80s, low Correct. 90s for points. Correct. So I'm thinking around 80, po- 80 points, 75, 80 points. That's what I'm thinking. Wasn't this the year? Didn't they have a year right before Prezi Suter where they were like one of the best teams in the NHL for the first half of the season? That was a Yo team. They... That was Mike Yo. Yeah, they, they were in first place overall in the league, I think, in, uh, like January 1 or, so, or December 
uh, 2020th or something like that. But that was a yo season. I, I believe that this was one of the... So, Riseboro and Lemaire left around 2008 or so. And I believe this was, if I'm not mistaken, this would have been a Chuck Fletcher, Todd Richard season, which were as painful as it gets, by the way. <laughs> So we know that it wasn't like 90. We know it wasn't a total disaster. It wasn't like 65, 70. Yep. So we're, work, we're working between like 74, 5, and like 84. Yep. So 80 would put you in a good spot. There. 80, yep. 80 points, Declan. 80 points. Final guess. Just got to be within five. Yeah, right. yeah. Come on. You're off by one. 86 points. You know what, so Phil? It wasn't ter- they, no regrets, so they Phil. just missed it. No yeah. regrets, though, because Shot we still did the smart thing. Because I would say... Shot fires goes what? Just a little while. <laughs> but that's the problem. See, see, among the many faults with my sport, this yeah. is one. Well, Bad teams shouldn't have 86 points. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, I digress. Next question. You were, t- you were talking about shootouts. Uh, this player scored four shootout goals for the Wild this season, leading the team. Who was it? Okay, I'm going to... Th- this is in... I believe this is in the heart of the Miko Koivu move, Phil. He he had a great... He had a move. He had a the move. Triple deke. He had a triple tri- deke. <laughs> he was a, he, it, it worked for a long time. Charlie um, Conway would have been a, would have been an elite early 2010. There he is. Late, so 2006 through 2000. I prefer to call him Pacey, okay? (laughs) Pacey Witter. Pacey. (laughs) Love Dawson's Creek. What a great show. Vanderbeek. Um, Well, people don't realize Dawson's Creek was a sequel series to Mighty Ducks. What? He's full of crap. Yeah, he's full of, he's absolutely full of crap. But there was, I didn't, I did not know this until I read it last week. There was a Mighty Ducks TV series. That lasted a very short time. Oh, well, there's an animated one. You talking about the animated no, one? No, there was a like a CBS. The animated one's awesome. Yeah, you're right. No, there was a I real never one. I watched it, but there, yeah. there was. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it made it to a season. All right, two. I I am going to get uh, this, this once again. This once again is is just a total guess, but I would say Koivu. Phil, do you have any thoughts? I remember Miko having a move. So, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think of other like who. Who are the other players that would have been the most active in shootouts? That's the question. And Miko would have been, yeah, for sure. Koivu was a star player um, at that time for who, them. Who who else did they have on that? So I'm trying to think of the other players that were on that team and producing. I can't think of many of them. Like it was, uh, like uh, what's his name? Uh, bald guy, uh, concussion guy, uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard. Yeah, I think he was gone by then. Was he? I'm okay. pretty sure he was gone by then. Let's go. Let's go. Miko's move. All right, Miko. Koivu. Darn. God, man. You want to take a second step? Um. Sure. Um. Who are okay? Was Clutterbuck on that team, or is this was that pre Clutterbuck? No, I think Clutterbuck Cl- was. Clutterbuck on that. was pretty I active. Cl- guy. I think I think Clutterbuck was on this team. I think Cal Clutterbuck was on the 2010 so 11. Die Hard Wild fans and our beloved bloggers are just pulling their hair out right now listening to you guys try to figure this out. This is great. Oh, they should. But it's such a weird transition era of it wild is. hockey. Yeah. It's, oh, it's after the Gabrick Lemaire. For sure. It's before the Parisi Suter. Those yeah. are the hard ones because like a lot of these guys weren't good enough to... And and this is pre... And if I'm not mistaken, this is pre-Heatley because I think they had... So they had Marion Hosa. Or not, no. not, not Marion Hosey. Martin Hamlet. Marty Havlet. They had Martin Havlet around this time. I don't know if he was on this. Yeah, no kidding. At that time, he was great. Uh, but Havlet was on the team around this time. I don't know if he was on this team in particular. Who are some of the other younger players that would have been? This is this is obviously pre, like, Coyle, Zuger, or the Groundland. Those guys were, like, yes. two years later. Yes, they were. Yep, because they were on that first Prezi Suter, or the second Prezi Suter team. Um... I don't know. Well, let's go Clutterbuck. Okay. Clutterbuck? Yep. No. Who is it? All right, who is it? Phil said it. It was Pierre-Marc Bouchard, man. You, you, Dude. 
It you, was. You ever See, made, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying I, to help here. I thought he was gone by I, then. I told you, concussion guy. You Con- concussion <laughs> guy. How could? Okay, yes. Miko had right? the backhand toe guy. drag. How could you ever forget the Pierre Marc Bouchard spinorama? Yeah, which that was, was illegal, he, he had the, the most Dude. infamous shootout move, maybe ever. Concussion the last guy. 10, we should have Damn it! Why didn't I let you go, concussion guy? <laughs> he literally would spin around like a it, turntable. And it, it was, was awesome. an illegal move. You can't stop. Yeah, That's an illegal now. move that should have been outlawed. He scored four shootout goals that year. And yes, concussion. I got to be honest. I, f- I feel like Judd needs to step his game up on these hockey Minnesota I, sports. You know what? Lines, the, right? the, no, no, no. I told you guys, give me mid-80s North Stars and I'll kill it. Well, it's such a specific. So there's like three years of North you, Stars. You that give you are me kill it. Otherwise 80, 80 to 87 or so. I'll, I'll kill it. These wild teams, <laughs> I have. I had. I'd watch them, but my God, were they boring. Dex, if you give me. Like the first three years of the 2000s twins, like I'm gonna kill. Give it. me the give me the twins in the 80s. I'll kill that one too. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, what else you got? Uh, next? This next is one. not going well for us. No, it is not. Who led the team in average total ice time that year? Nick, okay, Miko would have been active, but it would have been a defenseman, right? Yeah. The defenseman's gonna get the Nick most Sh- ice time. Nick Schultz, maybe. Uh, he was he was there forever, and he and he was there. Brent Burns was on that team. That's a good one. In fact, I'll Brent defer. Burns. I'll defer to you since you got concussion guy. Since you got Burns. concussion guy. Burns. Yep. Give me Final Burns. Game. Yep. Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> there you go. The See, and you got concussion guy too. Damn it! Why didn't I listen to you? I never played the game. Never played the game. Never played. Never played the game. Twenty-five minutes for total ice time for Burnsy that year. A lot of minutes logging, mm-hmm. a lot of minutes, and then he became an absolute stud in San Joe's. More minutes of ice time or more number of teeth? Uh, ice time. I, I don't think he has much teeth. This also was back in the days of very clean-shaven Brent Burns, mm-hmm. not yep. the mountain man. Corporate, corporate Burns. Well, he was so young. He he was like 18, I think, when he got here the first time around with Jacques, and then Jacques. I love the like the photos people put together, like his annual, yes. you know, headshot for his teams and. The first couple of years, he's this fresh-faced yeah. young player, and by the end, he looks like he's got no his teeth. eyes are like cross-eyed. <laughs> he's he's gotten, got no teeth. Yes. He hasn't shaved in ten years. He, he looks like he's got an axe <laughs> by his side. God. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, who backed up Nick Backs from that season? And I'm going to give you a hint: it's not Josh Harding. So before you, I, I, I know this is still a Josh Harding era. Josh Harding wasn't active this season. Who backed up Nicholas Backstrom in net for the Wild that year? Mm. As I boom. boom. There we go. Mm. Who was the guy that they got from Montreal for a season who had been really good with the Canadians? And he played here, I think, for a year. It's around this time. It might not, not be Bruce, this season. This before Brisgalov, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Brisgalov was... Because um, Brisgalov came in in the playoff year, I think. And anyway, no, but who the hell was that, the Montreal backup? Hold on. Wait, are you looking this up? Yeah, nope. what are you doing? Nope, I'm writing it down. Because oh. I'm... <laughs> who, who else would... Who else would have been... I'm not going to be much help on Jamie this Jamie McClellan I mean, this was is, this is post-Manny Fernandez. Dwayne, Dwayne Rollison. I actually is, think Phil would oh, know Rollison. this. Dwayne would know this. No, no, Ro- no but Rollison, he was gone because he, he, yeah, he went to, he was, he took the Oilers to the Stanley Cup Finals yeah. like four years like before this. That was like 07, 06. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Hockey Whisperer. Um, so you think Phil would help? I, I think I, he would uh, know this name. Oh, okay. He, he then it wouldn't be the Montreal guy because he well, there's n- I, 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 no. I, I don't think he would know that guy. What the hell was I'll, his I'll, name? I'll, rem- I'll, I'll be honest. When we get the name, I will tell you honestly if I remember okay. the name or not. Okay. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that I do know the name. Okay. All right. So who that? Why can't I remember his name? Mm-hmm. Damn! A former this is before this is before Darcy Kemper. I, I think this is him. I just can't. Re- I can't re- remember his damn name. So this is the this is the goalie before Carey Price in Montreal. Uh, yeah, this is basically the goaltender before Carey Price. Like it might have been, mm-hmm. there might have been one in, in between them, but yeah, it, it's around the same time the, pri- the probably the Price came in. Um, the hell was his name? I did, uh, he had some personal family stuff too. John Van Beesbrook. Yeah. Final answer. No, it's a French name. It's a French name. It's a very it, it, it rolls right off the tongue if I could think of it. 
I got nothing. Okay, I am. Uh, I am fairly certain that I that I have the right goaltender, and I'm just going to call <laughs> the him Montreal guy. the Montreal the the former Montreal Canadian Vesna because he won the Vesna in Montreal. Starts with the J. Jo- um, Jocelyn Debo. <laughs> no. Um, Jim J- Jordan John. Jan. Uh, anyway, Juan. the Montreal backup. That's all I'm saying. You quit. You you tap out here. No, I'm saying the Montreal backup, just right. like Phil's second right. concussion well, guy. Right. Well. Mm. <laughs> you get a miss. Jose Theodore. Theodore, that's Jose right. Jose okay. Theodore. Former I just couldn't remember his name. Winner. I've heard of him. Yeah, I just but couldn't yeah, remember his name. Come Jose on. Theodore. This wow. is brutal, boys. This is brutal. Yeah, All this right. is a bad team to pick. I'm telling you, these wild teams. I love how you're blaming Declan now. These these yeah. wild teams, I just don't. The entire spirit lash, of the lashing exercise. lashing out at Declan. <laughs> Oh, I'm not lashing out at all. I just, I just don't. I mean, these it's wild. It's a bad team to pick. I've got no, I've got uh, no passion for them. All right, last one. I'm as bored with them as they and actually as they were as a team. This fact blew my mind. Thank God. Ten players, ten scored double digit goals on this team. Okay. By committee, give um, me, give me five. Give me five. Well, Pierre Marc Bouchard, Miko Koivu. Yep. One, two. Yeah. Did Clutterbuck? Um. Yeah. Final Clutter answer, Bu- Clutterbuck? Yep. Yep. That is three. <laughs> Marty Havlett probably did, didn't he? If he was on the team, that's what I don't and remember. Burnsy was an offensive yeah, Bur- defense. I'd say Brent Burns, Burns is right. Burns is correct. That's give me, four. Give me one more. Was Havlett on this team? If he was, he well, scored. We get three wrong guesses. Let's, let's do it. Havlett. If he was on this team, he scored d- double digits, but he might not have been on this team. Yep. All right. Oh, That's right. five. You got the five. You want to? You want to keep Let's going? Keep going. For we got giggles. three wrong guesses too. Yeah. Okay, was Heatley on this? Was Heatley on the on the team before? No, because he got traded for Havlick. No, because it, that okay. that was a July Fourth trade a few uh, year I think before the Suda Prezi signing, and Havlick went to San Jose for Heatley. So if Havlick was okay. here, Heatley was not yet. Okay. Oh, Brian Ralston okay. on this team? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, these. Are, uh, who are some of the other random dudes that would have been just skating around? Like Mark Parrish? <laughs> Mark Parrish might have been on this team. That's the thing is, I don't remember when guys were on this team. Was Willie Mitchell on this team? No, I think he was gone. He's 43 years old. I think he was gone <laughs> by then. Mark Parrish might be Mark Parrish might be a good guess, Phil. All right, Mark Parrish. Nope. That's was, I believe, year one of his buyout. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like I've exhausted your resources. My guess is um, um, there's we a got five. So there, yeah, there, and there's a few names you've missed out on that you haven't mentioned that are prominent know. wild players. I don't know. We missed them. No, go I ahead. Missed, missed at least one good one. All right, go ahead. All right, wait, who who is it? Uh, Who's br- put an end to this? Andrew, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Andrew Brunette. Still? Yep. Oh, he, Bruno came back. Yeah, he came back. That's at right. At 30, 37 <laughs> yeah. years old, scored 18 goals that year. 37. <laughs> Uh, Walker on the ice. A young Kyle Brodziak scored 16 goals this season. Oh, Brodziak. I should have got Brodziak. Matt Cullen came in. 12 goals for Matty Cullen. <laughs> that was stint one for Matt Cullen, too. They, they brought him back again. And it would have taken a Minnesota Wild diehard to get Auntie Mietnin and oh. John Madden. Yeah, John Madden yeah. as an, two other players to round out that yeah. list. So. That's a... Whew. Man... People paid to go to those games. I know. I'd like to I apologize. Yeah, no, I didn't pay. I was too poor. Random season recall there. That was. We're gonna have to lick our wounds and come back yeah, next week. Yeah, that you know what? Bad. You know what? Judd, you need to go back to the hockey training facility. The hockey. Uh, you know what? Uh, trivia training. Actually, facility. when it comes, other than like the O three team, I take no responsibility for this. <laughs> okay. The North Star one, I felt. I, the North Star one, I'll fall on that sword, but this one, uh, uh-uh. uh. I consider myself a connoisseur of all Minnesota sports trivia here, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in our performance. That was, it, that was probably the week. biggest bloodbath we've had. Yeah. Oh, that that was terrible. That was terrible. Yeah. If I never see this team again, brought up, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Nobody was clamoring for this team, but listen, this is Minnesota sports history. I feel like if you start with a Parisi Suter team, I've got a better chance, and I feel like the first couple wild teams I might have a chance. Mm-hmm. But like, but anything that involves. The era in which, like two or three years, in which Todd Richards coached this godforsaken franchise, <laughs> I'm not falling on the sword. Yeah. 
All right, tomorrow, write that down, predictions. When are you guys going to admit that you are wrong? Tomorrow. No, and every actually, Wednesday. Actually, we just did today, Mackie too. Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.